Well, as we get started in our conversation today, I want to begin with a couple thoughts. Number one, uh, we're all about loving God and loving people. So here's a couple things I want you to think about. Um, go to our website, eastbaycalvary.org. And I want you to think about more than our online services. I want you to think about connecting with our online community. We're going to be having additional online small group communities. And so I would like for you to consider signing up for one of those if you're not in a small group already as a part of East Bay Calvary Church. Two of the easiest ways to do that, one would be to fill out the connection card, which has already been mentioned by our host here before the service. Second way would be to connect by email to office at eastbaycalvary.org. We would love to get you connected to a small group online community. They'll be texting, they'll be connecting by Zoom, but the main thing is we want you to have relationship with a church family that will be talking, encouraging, praying, and caring for each other. Let's get connected beyond these online services. The second thing that we need to do together is we do need to help the church family. And so I'm gonna encourage you, if you go to our website, let's remember to give to help our church family. And when you go on there and you see our giving tab, it's not merely just remembering our church overall gifts, but there's a helping hand fund that you'll see as we go in there. Our ministry is dedicated to helping those in need. And we're gonna be helping individuals with critical care needs, whether financially, those that'll be losing their jobs, think of those that have food needs or physical needs, whatever they may be, we are standing ready to be able to help those. So consider gifts to our Helping Hand Fund as well. So let's jump into it. Today is the day of what ifs. Now some of the what ifs have already occurred, like what if uh, school gets closed or what if church is canceled? What if college is canceled? What if restaurants are closed? Or what if the gym is closed? Or what if workplaces are shut down? Some people have already experienced, what if my Disney vacation is canceled? Or even some people are wondering about, like, what if I get the virus? Now, beyond those what ifs, here's some other biggies. I know some people right now are thinking, what if this goes on so long that I need to postpone my wedding? Or what if someone passes away during this time and we're not allowed to get a group together for a funeral? Or what if we don't have enough money to make ends meet? And then there's the worry that's just going around the entire nation, the biggest worry of all, what if we run out of toilet paper? That's the biggest what if, isn't it? Well, the next two weeks, not just today, but next week, I want to flip the script on the what if. I want to turn it in the other direction. It's not a what if things will go wrong, but what if there's something really good behind all of this? What if God has a purpose that we can't quite see yet? What if he's going to use this to do something special through you, through me, through our efforts together in your home, in your family, 
in your life, in your neighborhood, and in your church family. What if God has something special through all of this? That's the what if we're talking about today and next week. The big question today from Acts chapter 8, what if your struggle is God's strategy to change your world? Think about it. What if your struggle is God's strategy to change your world? So we're going to look at this passage from a high elevation, like 30,000 feet. I just want to see the big overview, and that's going to be our discussion. We're not going to look at all the details, but the big overview of Acts chapter 8. And the background behind all of this, there's some words of Jesus back in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, that says this, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. Now remember these words. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and then to the uttermost parts of the earth. So Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth. So I want to chart the church's growth with you for a moment. Here's how the whole church began in Acts. It did begin in Jerusalem, just like Jesus said. The Holy Spirit came upon them with power. The church began in Jerusalem in Acts chapter 2. And the people were staying in Jerusalem, it mentions in Acts chapter 2, verse 5. Now, there was a huge boom of growth in Acts chapter 2. In fact, in verse 41, it mentions that over 3,000 people were added on the first day of the church. 3,000 people. So imagine the growth that's happening in Jerusalem. Now, in the very uh, two chapters later, chapter 4, verse 4, still in Jerusalem, it mentions from 3,000 people, it grew to 5,000 men. Now, 3,000 total people to 5,000 men. And then just think, if every single one of these men were like me, and they all had a wife and seven children, that's 45,000 people. Now, I'm probably a little bit above the average. Most Bible teachers believe that the church at this point in Acts 4 had about 15 to 20,000 adherents. So between Acts 2 and Acts 4, it went from 3,000 to 15 to 20,000 people, all in Jerusalem. And then it continued on from there, and in Acts 6, verse 1, it mentions that the church continued to increase in number, and by this time, many people believe the church could have easily been between 20 and 30,000 people, all in this centralized region of Jerusalem. And in fact, the verse reads, in those days when the number of disciples was increasing. We don't know the exact number, but it was growing exponentially, way into the tens of thousands of people. This is really a story of explosive growth for the church. But it's all in Jerusalem. Now remember, the commission of Jesus wasn't just Jerusalem. He said in Acts 1-8, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and then to the uttermost parts of the earth. Here's where Acts 8 comes in. I want to read for you verses 1 through 4. This is what happened. This was the struggle 
This was the problem that came. And we're going to see how God used it in a very strategic way. Acts 1, or Acts 8, 1 through 4. It says, On that day, a great persecution broke out against the church in Jerusalem. And all except the apostles were scattered throughout Judea and Samaria. Did you catch that? Godly men buried Stephen and mourned deeply for him, but Saul began to destroy the church. And then going from house to house, he dragged off both men and women and put them in prison. And those who had been scattered preached the word wherever they went. So from the perspective of the church in that time, this was absolutely horrible. They were all in Jerusalem, and now at this point, they weren't able to meet together in their main gatherings. And even their home gatherings, they were being separated. Saul was going in, he was pulling people out of their homes, both men, women, taking them off to prison, so their home gatherings were in jeopardy. And their centralized megachurch that was all in Jerusalem, 20 to 30,000 people, now was being scattered and for that period of time, the church couldn't be centralized in Jerusalem anymore. It had to scatter. But look where it scattered. It scattered to Judea and Samaria. Does that sound familiar? Exactly the places God told them in Acts 1.8 to go to. And then when they went to Judea and Samaria, it mentions in verse 4 of Acts 8, they preached the word wherever they went. So just, just follow with me for a minute on this. Jesus commanded for the church to begin in Jerusalem and spread to Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. And the, the church was growing. And it was growing exponentially, but it was holed up or centralized in Jerusalem. And it wasn't initially spreading out as God designed it to do. Then along came this horrible persecution. However, specifically because of that persecution, the people then scattered and they went to Judea, Samaria. They took the gospel right along with them. And I think you're beginning to follow this along with me. You start to see some plan behind this. You're starting to see the intention behind all of this. So I've just got some questions for you to begin to think about. What if, what if your struggle is God's strategy to change your world? What if your disruption is his design to double his impact? What if all of this has a God-sized purpose and we're all in it? When I was thinking about this, I was reminded of, it's about 14 years ago right now, when my wife and I, took our, at that time, four-year-old daughter who was beginning to become very ill at home. 
And there was a point where she was um, extremely sick. She was vomiting. There's nothing that we could do to, to solve her issues. She was extremely fevered. And we took her to the emergency room and the doctor went in and was checking on her. They actually did some tests. And then at, at one point, the doctor came in to us and he said, um, Mr. and Mrs. Conover, you need to know you have a very, very sick girl. And then he said, there's nothing that we can do for her here at this hospital. She needs to go up to Syracuse Hospital. There's a children's hospital up there. And, and they need to perform surgery on her to be able to correct the challenges that she has abdominally. And so we followed behind the ambulance all the way up about an hour and a half away and we got up there. And we were in a very large room. A number of other people in this children's hospital in this large room and all, and all they were, the room was just uh, a big area just separated by hanging sheets that made our region a little bit private, but not very private. And we're standing over our Brenna that is in her little bed. And I remember being on the cell phone and talking to someone from my church at the time, I think one of our leaders, and I was explaining what's going on and explaining how he can handle things at church and what he needed to do. And, and I hung up the phone. And at that point in time, one of the sheets pulled back. And I remembered thinking in my mind, why? You know, why are we going through this? Why here? Why now? This makes no sense to me. And the sheet pulled back and in walked um, this mom and dad. And they had heard me on the phone. Obviously, a sheet isn't going to do much to stop the sound. And they'd heard me on the phone and they, they said, are you a pastor? And I said, yes. And then they explained to me, our daughter has had two stents put in her brain, both of which have been unsuccessful. And they're just about to try a third stent right now. Would you please come over and pray over her? And here in my wondering of why here and why now and why us, I remember walking and pulling back the sheet and seeing that sweet little thing on the bed and half of her head was shaved as they were prepping the area that they were going to put the stent in. And I prayed over that girl. And then I remembered getting this thought in my mind. What if this is why we came? Yeah, the struggle with our little girl was real and she had surgery and she came through fine. But maybe what if this was a part of God's strategy to grow his impact to other people that needed it? And it was through our struggle and through our challenge. And it was bigger than what we could see. And it wasn't on our radar. But the struggle was his strategy and the disruption was his design. 
And friends, that's what the early church experienced. They went through the persecution. They were scattered to Judea and Samaria, the areas God wanted them to go to. They shared the message of Jesus, and after spreading out, the dust of the persecution began to settle. And, and listen to these verses, Acts 9.31. It says, Then the church throughout Judea, Galilee, and Samaria, all new areas, enjoyed a time of peace and was strengthened, living in the fear of the Lord and encouraged by the Holy Spirit. And listen to this one. And it increased in number. And we have the benefit of looking back over the whole situation of the church to see what God was doing. Now we see that their struggle was God's strategy to spread his impact throughout their world. And truthfully, it was genius. It had purpose. It had an awesome-sized purpose. It had a God-sized purpose. And God worked his strategy to absolute perfection in every way. And I know that you and I have some what-ifs right now. But let's talk about the God what-ifs. Let's talk about the positive what-ifs. What if your struggle right now is his strategy to rebuild relationships with your spouse, your kids? What if this extra time at home where you're not holed up with work and sports and school and extra events anywhere else, even church. Because we all know some of those things can choke out family. And they can separate time with your kids or with your spouse. What if this struggle is God's strategy for you to rebuild relationship with your spouse? To spend time with your mate? To be able to talk without any other scheduling concerns what if the struggle is God's strategy for you to spend time with your kids to pray with your family to read a Bible story to talk about God then I tell you take the opportunity don't don't waste it all on TV or all online invest it with your family create some new habits, and don't let all those things monopolize your time when, when all of this virus stuff is done. What if your struggle also, think about this, is his strategy for you to spend time with God? You know, what if your life has gotten really busy and, and you just didn't have any extra time, you thought, and you had to get up to work early and you seemed to work late or you were so busy. And maybe all of this is God's design. This disruption is God's design for you to spend time with him. No excuses now. You're not going out tonight. I mean, sorry to, sorry to tell you this. The race is canceled this afternoon. So, so no watching the race later. Maybe God has cleared your schedule for you to spend time with him. 
What if your struggle is his strategy for you to realize you need to be connected with other believers? Maybe you're sitting there looking at the screen and you're thinking about this and you say, you know what? Um, The only time I connected with my church was in the big service. And I don't have relationships with church people, with other believers. And maybe this is awakening reality for you. You need relationships with believers. You need something significant that will be an encouragement to you and that you can build into other people's lives. And what if this is God's strategy for you to get connected now? Then I would say, What you need to do is what we said at the beginning of the service. Go to office at eastbaycalvary.org and say, I want to be in an online small group community. Sign me up. Or get on that connection card online and sign up for that. Let's get connected as a church family. And then lastly, I want you to think about that. What if your struggle is his strategy for you to advance the gospel? What if? You can't rely on a church event or program now to reach the community. I mean, there's nothing to bring people to. You can't say, let's go to church together or let's go to this special church event together. It's all on you. It's all on us. And the way I've been thinking about it, you know, individuals have always been God's program to reach his world. And Jesus said it best in the Great Commission. He said, go, or as you are going, make disciples of all nations. And it's not merely getting people into church to hear the gospel. It's getting the church, or us, into the lives of people that matters most. And what if this is our chance to call our neighbor? What if this is our opportunity to connect with our coworker or our friend to show that we care? What if this is our opportunity to offer help or to say that you have hope and you know that God's got this? And since the church is the people, it could never be canceled, only relocated. And right now the church is relocated and it's you. And it's you and your community. And it's us taking the gospel to our Judea and our Samaria. And when we spread his word, there's a growing impact. And what if God wants to impact our world through something like this? just like he did in Acts. And so think about it this way. For the church, it's not we go here. Rather, it's here we go. And think about going out and making a difference out there. What if your struggle is his strategy? What if your disruption is his design? What if God's doing all of this crazy, crazy stuff as a part of his plan for us to impact his world in ways that it will never, ever be the same? 
So don't let these days burn. Think about it. How is God using this time in your life and in my life? What is he teaching you? Talk about it. Talk about it with your spouse. Talk about it with a friend. Talk about it with your small group. What if our struggle is his strategy? What if? Let's pray together. God, I pray. I pray for big, big things. Not for us to look at a negative what if. And what if things go bad or what if things get worse? God, I pray that you would help us to seek your strategy in all of this. What if you've set this time aside for us to get back to what matters most, to get back to our families, our marriages, our kids, our relationships with you, with our community, to get back to being the church rather than just going to church. God, help us to see what you can be doing through all of this and to latch on and ride it right on through. Help us to catch the what if, to embrace it, to love it. And God, we trust you through all of it. We pray this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.